Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we bring our playbook series to a close. We have been outlining God's strategy for us as a church, and this week, we turn our attention to global missions. Leading us in our discussion today is our family life pastor, the Reverend Jamie Kendrew. He will be joined by one of the missionaries that we support here at Christ Church, Bethany Cubius, who is serving in the Dominican Republic. Here is this week's message. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we all remember that one, don't we? <laughs> That's a good play. You know, I've got a buddy. His name's Joe. He's a big guy. He's, a, he's into boxing. He's into bodybuilding. And, I mean, he is just a, a ripped guy. He is, he's intimidating. Um, but he's like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And what happened was, is my buddy Joe... Uh, was his daughter was getting ready to go to prom, and so he sends uh, me and some other buddies this picture of him uh, where he's dressed up, and what he did was he got like this, this flannel covered, uh, or like, like lumberjack shirt, he cut the sleeves off of it, he put like, uh, you know, Terminator sunglasses on, he got a shotgun, uh, a sawed-off shotgun at that, and he had it over his shoulder, and he said, you guys should have seen it. <coughs> I sat on my porch, and when this kid came up, I, I simply just sat there, and I racked the shotgun, I said, hey, buddy, What's your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> and he said, the guy all but like gave a marriage vow in front of me. He said, I will honor and cherish and love and respect. And, and he said, listen, I'm just messing with you. He said, I know that your intentions are good with my daughter, but if you don't follow through on those intentions, this is what you'll come home to. <laughs> and I love that because we intend a lot, don't we? We have good intentions. I meant to get to this. I meant to do that. And really, do you know what an intent is? It's a plan for an action. And the truth is, an intent without action is what? Nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And so we don't want to be a church that is well-intended, do we? We want to be a church that does what God's called us to. Amen? Well, Father, we love you. Thank you for this morning. We pray, God, that as we talk about international mission, that you'll speak to us, and that you'll minister to our hearts and help us to hear what it is that you have to say. We thank you that, God, you're not a God who intended to send Jesus to die on the cross for us, but you did it. And you rose again on that third day. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Help us to embody that as people who love you. So speak to us now. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, listen, we got a lot to cover this morning, and so we're going to go right into it. We're in a series called Playbook. Fantastic play. And when, an, when a play is executed correctly, um, it's amazing what can happen. Super things happen. Even Super Bowls happen, right? And God has called us as a church into the ministry, and it's important for us as we go into ministry that we as a church body have a strategy. And so we've been talking about that over the past four weeks. We talked uh, several weeks ago about how as a church, we want to be a church that knows God. We want to be a church that's known for God. We want to be a church that helps our people know God. And so we talked about what does it look like for us as a congregation to know God, and we shared the gospel message of Jesus. We then came into our second week where we talked about how it's important for us as a congregation to grow in our knowledge and understanding of who God is. And so our strategy as a church is to, one, know God, two, to grow in our knowledge and understanding of Him, because we have a responsibility. If we know God, we are called by God to do something about it. 
we're called to go. Pastor Jared spoke to us last week about that next part of our you know, strategy as a church is we are called to go. And he challenged us thinking about the local church, thinking about our local ministries, everything from serving in, in kids ministry to serving down on the north side. And so we have our local ministries that we are called to go to. Me personally, Pastor Jamie Kendrew, I am called to serve locally here at Christ Church. This is what God's called me to. But I'm blessed because within my role here, I'm allowed to to work with one of my passions, which is international mission. And so this morning, we're going to change a little bit, uh, change focuses. Well, it's important for us to know God. It's important for us to grow in God. We've got to understand that we, the people of God, are called to serve one another here, but we're also called to go globally. We're called to go into the different places in the world. I love how Pastor Jared said it last week when he said, you know, we talk about how each of us has a calling and how do we figure out what that is? And he gave us that that kind of equation that when we take the passions, the things that we're passionate about and the abilities that God's given us, when we see where they collide, that's where God's calling us to. And there's a lot of you in this church who have very unique ministries. We, have, we had a couple here earlier in, the, in the, uh, the early service that they have a beach ministry. They actually go to the different boardwalks on beaches and they share the gospel message. We've got a guy in our church, we call him Juggling Joe, and he uses his ability to juggle and to street perform and he shares the gospel with people. I talk about this in one of our, um, one of our classes that I teach for, for leading up out of the membership class in our Christian Life and Testimony classes. I talk about how my brother um, has this passion for something called LARPing. And he's here this morning. I hope it's okay to tell this story, Cougar. He does this thing called LARPing. Does anybody know what LARPing is? It means live action role playing. You're talking about grown people dressing up as medieval warriors, grabbing foam weapons, and beating the tar out of each other. He turned it into a ministry. He shares the gospel message with people. And I want to tell you this morning that if God can use LARP ministry for the sake of the gospel, whatever you're passionate about, God can use that to bring him glory. LARP ministry is beautiful. He didn't simply talk about doing it. He did it. What has God made you passionate about? What has God blessed you with? I don't care whether it's Pokemon or whether it's deep theological things. If God's given you a passion for something and the ability to do it, you better do it to bring him glory. Because listen, you're all missionaries. If you've given your life to Christ, listen, you don't have to pray about, maybe I should be a missionary. No, you already are a missionary. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a missionary. The only thing you have to pray about, and I say it all the time, and I'm going to say it again, is you have to pray about what is God calling you to. Because when we gave our lives to Jesus, we joined with the Father. There's this thing that Kathy made reference to earlier called the Great Commission, found in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, where it says this. Jesus has basically called out his disciples. He's already resurrected from the dead, and he's empowering them to go and to to do ministry. It says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he didn't stop there. He didn't simply say, go make converts. He says, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, when Christ called you and you followed him, You signed up to be a missionary. Whether that's downstairs serving in kids' ministry, whether that's with the nitwits. Do you know we have a group of ladies, I think we talked about it last week, they're called the nitwits. And they knit these prayer shawls for people. What a beautiful thing. We've got ladies that, uh, and guys that will arrange flowers for the Lord's table. We've got people who want to work on cars. We've got people who who are biking in the name of the Lord. We're called to be missionaries Sometimes to the places we live in, and sometimes to the places that are far away. In the book of Acts, we have some pretty powerful words that Jesus was leaving his disciples with when he says this. He says in, um, yeah, in the book of Acts there, sorry, it's, I'll give you the address so you can write that down, Acts 1.8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses In Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now when Jesus says that to his disciples, what he's saying to them is, listen, you are being called to do missions, to be a missionary, to do ministry where you live. You're called to do it in Jerusalem. You're called to do it in the greater region of Judea. So we as Pittsburghers, we're called to do ministry in Pittsburgh. You live here. You're called to do ministry here. But some of us are going to be called to do ministry in the greater Pittsburgh area, western Pennsylvania, the tri-state area. He talks about Samaria. Now remember, Samaria is this place that was very different than, than, than downtown Jerusalem. They, in fact, they were sometimes seen as enemies because they were culturally different. And I always make the joke that we as Pittsburgh Steelers people can relate to Cleveland and Baltimore that way, right? We don't hate them as people, we just don't understand them. (laughs) But we as Christians from Pittsburgh are called to have a ministry to the Ravens fan, to the Browns fan, because Lord knows they need it. Sorry, (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. I'm, I'm sorry, that was awful. But then he goes on to say, to the ends of the earth. He, it's football season, right? We're ready. So he says to the ends of the earth. So where are the ends of the earth? Well, the ends of the earth are everywhere. And so when we, as a church, think about what, is our, what does it mean for us to go as missions, it means this. It means that when we look at Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Jesus knew what he was talking about. Because in our world today, internationally mission speaking, there really are three people groups that we as a church are called to minister to. The the church universal. Did you know when we use the word Catholic church in the creeds, that word Catholic means universal church? That's what that word means. So as the universal church, we are called to do ministry to these three people groups. There's 7 billion people in the world, according to Global Frontier Missions Research. And 33% of that 7 billion claim to be a people that uh, are are a Christian people, that have access to the gospel message, that have churches in their communities. Christianity may not be illegal. It might be legal where they live. The United States is included in that. Now, when we hear that, it's important for us to remember that just because 33% of, of the population claims to be from a Christian region, it doesn't mean that they're all Christians. We live in the United States. Is everybody here a Christian? 
Oh, Lord, let us pray. There's work to be done. Amen? Amen. We're called to minister in our local area because 33% of the population has heard about Jesus. They've been given free access to church and worship, but yet they do nothing with it. The people of God need to invest and pour into those people. Then you have our second group. We'll call it the Judea group. These are people who across the world have access to a Bible in their language. These are people who have access to maybe a church. Maybe the church isn't super legal. Maybe it's kind of a gray area. You know, China's kind of going through something like that. The church is alive and moving all throughout China, but they're being destroyed as fast as they can put them up. And so you have these 38% then of that 7 billion that are what I call the accessible. These are people who have access to the gospel. They can hear the name Jesus or have heard the name Jesus. So you have 33% of the world claims to be from a Christianified location. 38% have access to it. But listen to this. 29% of 7 billion people never have heard the name Jesus Christ do not have access to a church, do not have a Bible written in their own language. That's over 2.5 billion people in the world today. The book of Revelation tells us that as Christians, we are to go and to share the name Jesus with all nations. And until all people have heard the name Jesus, Christ won't come back. We have been called by God to be missionaries. We have been called by God to reach the 33%. We've been called by God to reach that 38%. And we have been called by God to step out in faith and to reach that 29%. Here's another staggering statistic for you. If you were to take all the missionaries that there are in the world, 72% of them do ministry to that first group, to the reached group. It's not bad. But 72% of missionaries go to places that are already reached. 25% go to those who have the opportunity to hear the gospel. But for those 2.5 billion people, that 3%, or excuse me, 29%, only 3% of all missionaries are ministering the gospel to them. Now that's not to shame us. Because where there is not a foothold, it's a lot of work. But as people of God, as Christ Church at Grove Farm, we are, we're asking God, what do you want us to do? And so as we met as leadership, as we met with Pastor Jared and the, and the, and the parish council and all the different leadership missions committees, we've decided that we don't want to be a two-tiered church. We want to be a church that's engaging everywhere on the planet for the sake of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We want to engage in Ohio Township. We want to engage on the north side of Pittsburgh. We want to engage in the Caribbean. We want to engage in Uganda and Africa, Kenya. We want to engage in Southeast Asia. We want to engage in Japan. We want to engage anywhere where God will bless us to go. The world is in terrible need right now. Slavery is alive and well in the world. People being sold who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. Just this past week, I saw this wacky article coming out of the Amazon region. 
Maybe some of you heard this. There was a tribe discovered by some guy flying a drone that had never had contact with the outside world. Just this week. Just this week, a tribe that had never had contact with the outside world was discovered. Who's going to tell them about Jesus? You are called to be missionaries. Where is God sending you? You know, we talk about intent. What is your intent? God has called us to to go and to serve and to love. And we're saying this morning that we as a church don't want to just minister to the reached and minister to those who have access, but we want to minister to everybody. So what does that look like? Well, here's what it looks like. It looks like for us as Christians to really jump behind missions with our money, with our time, and using our gifts that God has given us. Because when ministry happens, finances are needed, people are needed, and time is needed. So I ask you this question. What is that thing that God's been calling you to do that you've silently been keeping to yourself? Because I know that God is calling each of us into something fantastic. Some of us are just very afraid. Some of you are being called to missions and you're fighting it. Well, let me tell you, as someone who's tried to fight God's calling in their life, you're going to lose. So you might as well get on his team anyway. It makes the ride a much more enjoyable ride. God's calling you to mission. He's calling us as a church to be intentional. You know, our passage this morning comes out of the book of James, chapter 1, where it says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. You know what I love about the Bible? Is it really doesn't need my help. We don't really need to sit here and exegete this this morning, do we? We don't need to sit here and pick this apart. Because what it says is what it says. Do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. And so I ask you missionaries, what are you doing in this for the sake of the gospel? Some of us are in different places. Doesn't matter. God wants to use you where you are. Are you open to it? Are you open to serving? We as a church do not want to be known as a church that simply talks about the Word of God. We're going to do that. But we as Christ Church at Grove Farm want to be a church that is known for going and doing the gospel. Every Sunday you receive this little Sunday to Sunday, this service sheet when you come in, and right on the front front flap, it tells you who we are as a church, and it tells you what our mission is. Listen to this, are you ready? Think about our playbook series. Our mission is as a caring Christian community, our mission is to make disciples who share Christ with the world. All four weeks right there. We as a church desire to be a place that make disciples to share Christ with our world. What's your intention? What is God calling you to? You know, in a couple of moments, we're going to invite you guys to go in the back and there's all kinds of tables for you to experience. But the one that I want to point out is this my intent table. And what it is, is it's this little coin that Kathy showed you earlier, and you write a word on there. 
And the goal of that is not so that you can simply have a nice tchotchke that has this good word on it, but it's so that you can have something to remind you this is what you're to do. This is what you're called to. It's funny because I'm called to local ministry here. I'm going to jump back to that in a moment. I'm called to local ministry here, but not all of us are. I remember about 10 years ago, God taught me a very important um, lesson when it came to what you intend to do versus what you do do. And I was in Panama City Beach, Florida with our youth ministry, and I had taken a, a group of students down there, and it was an epic night. The speaker had given a gospel message, powerful moment, and I, there was a meteor shower that was going to take place. And so I thought, you know what, I'll take the kids down to the beach, we'll read out of the book of Psalms, we'll stand on the Gulf of Mexico, and it'll, it'll just be this epic night. And meanwhile, we get down there, and it's a full moon, the sky is clear, and there's Pastor Jamie reading the Psalms, standing on the shores of the Gulf of Mexico with meteors hitting around me. They're probably not called meteors, but shooting stars. It was beautiful. But in that night, we started talking about the splendor and the glory of God. And I remember there was this student, her name was Bethany, and she had been with us, just loved God, and she came up to me and she said, Pastor Jamie, I want to be baptized. And being the good pastor I was, I said, okay, great, when we get home from camp, let's get together and talk about that. And she looked at me, and I became afraid. She said, no, I mean right now. And I said, okay. And so there in the Gulf of Mexico, we walked out under the water. It was a beautiful night. God had set this beautiful stage. And I baptized Bethany in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God spoke to her that night and said, go. And so she got up. And even when her stubborn pastor said, let's talk about it later, she said, no, now. Thirty people later, I got out of that water. People gave their lives to Christ. Some guy was just walking by and saw what was going on and was moved to the point where he gave his life to Christ and was baptized. I intended to talk to Bethany about it, but God had other plans. Since that moment, God has spoken to Bethany, and she has listened. She's become one of our missionaries in the Dominican Republic. And so instead of me sitting here continuing to tell you about how she followed the word of God and was obedient to God, I want to bring Bethany Cubius up right now, one of our very own homegrown, home-raised. I'm going to try it. Hola. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Is it com, com, uh, buenos tardes? Buenos días. Well, I guess it's yeah. oh, buenos. See, what's up? You're I ready? know how this is working. You're it's checking afternoon. the time. I don't know Spanish, Bethany, help me here. But Bethany is, is, has been a, a student, grew up in our student mission program, listened to the word of God. But what I love about you, Bethany, is that you didn't just listen to what God said. You went after it. You went after it when it cost you. You went after it when it was inconvenient. So tell us a little bit about, first, tell us what you do right now. Tell us a little bit about what you do right now. Uh, so currently, right now, I've been in the Dominican Republic for about a year and a half. So it was initially a six-month uh, contract or idea, but God had bigger plans for my life. And what really captured my heart is these special needs boys that we met in the area of El Tamarindo that Christ Church currently supports. And my heart just broke. You know, my background is I have a special needs brother. I've grown up around all of his friends. And ironically, I, you know, told God and everyone, eh, I don't have the patience for this. I can't work with special needs kids. It's too much for me. Yeah. I told Be careful my mom, what you tell God. Yeah, I told my mom when I was 18 I'd never set foot in a church again, too. 
It may just become your passion someday. So God really just broke my heart and just stirred in my heart just this love for the Dominican people, but specifically these two boys that we had met. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to do more. So right now I'm working with Food for the Hungry as and kind of like an intern, but working in their health department with health education. But more specifically, I've created a program that incorporates these special needs children, not just in Tamarindo, but all over the DR and the things that FH is doing today. So God's got you pretty busy right now. Yes. <laughs> and that started somewhere. You know, you, you were baptized, you heard God speaking. Tell us a little bit about how you, you came from that, 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 that girl in Panama City Beach to the warrior for Christ that you are now. So it's a process, you know, it's not something that happened overnight. I mean, my whole life I've grown up around missions and missionaries. We hosted them in our home. Uh, I know my dad was very much involved in missions in Haiti. We hosted two girls in our home over the summer. So it's very much been part of my life of what missions and missionaries look like. And as a 17-year-old, I got it. You know, I got that idea of what it was to outwardly show the change that God had put in my life. And, and earlier that year, I'd just gone on a, a missions trip to work with Haitian refugees, and I got a glimpse of how important people are. And sometimes people are more important than projects and just how they impacted my life. Say that again. That sometimes people, people are more important, more important than projects. projects. Huh. Because if you go and you just build something, but you can't even tell me the name of anyone that you met or interacted with. You're missing it, huh? Yeah, you miss an incredible way that God can bless your life. And the Dominican people are just incredible and full of love and have become part of my family. But before that happened, I had to be prepared. You know, it's not something, again, that happened overnight. I knew I wanted to be a nurse by the age of 17, and I, I wanted to have skills. I want something that you I You heard could, God saying that to exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. to wait. You to know, wait. Heard a, so your first calling exactly. into missions was do nothing, right? <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> Here I'm 17, and I'm like, yes, I want to go. I'm going to stay here forever. But it was, wait, I have something bigger and better, and I want you to be prepared. You know, think of Jesus. It was, you know, 30 years before God used him. And For incredible. three years of ministry. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, God, please, I don't want to wait that long. Um, 25, so it was, it was Again, close. those are what we call red flags. Be careful <laughs> saying that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, but God... I needed those 25 years to learn skills as a nurse, to obey those small acts of obedience, to minister to the people around me, to learn how to be intentional with praying with patients, with families, to people around me, to go through hard circumstances. You know, I lost a lot of people growing up in, in high school. I lost my best friend. And I, I looked back at first like, God, why did I go through these painful times in my life? But looking back now, my first year in the Dominican Republic, it was because I needed the strength to hold a weeping mother whose son had just died suddenly, a son that I'd worked with for the past year. That, that there's a purpose in the pain, there's a purpose in the joy, and God is so good through it all. He's near. I just read something from Daring Hope recently that says, Courage isn't necessarily the absence of fear, but the act of obedience to God in the face of fear. So being a missionary is not easy. It's not as glamorous as it seems to be, but it's amazing what happens when I say yes to the small things in my life to leading up to the, one of the biggest decisions I've made, and it's been incredible. So spiritually, physically, mentally, God prepared you and took you on a journey, and it doesn't 100%. always happen overnight. And it's important when we're on that journey of pursuing what God wants us to do that I think what I love about you, I know what I love about you, is that you are listening to God. And when you hear him speak, again, even when your pastor says differently, you, you, you do. 
And that should be a lesson for all of us, that when we hear God speak, regardless of, of what that circumstance may be, we, we need to do what he's calling us to do. And so through the pain, through the good times, God has prepared you for this ministry. Um, and you said it's not always easy, right? No? And so if someone's sitting here in the congregation today and they're kind of in that place where they have this intention of really doing something major for the Lord, but they've not taken their intention and put a foot behind it yet or moved to it or action, what would you encourage someone who's kind of waffling there? Well, first of all, I'm going to repeat, I'm a true believer that where your talents and your passions collide, 100% follow that, pursue that. That's where God is sending you. You know, For me, it was caring for people and medicine and loving people and special needs children, and it's incredible. So I challenge you, whatever that thing is, if you're really good with kids, you just want to cuddle and you want to hang out with kids, go hang out with the kids in, in children's ministry. If you're really good with teenagers and adults and young adults and college students, I know for me... The, the people who poured into me in this room is who helped mold me into who I was today. I challenge you, go sign up. Go get information. That's my first thing. It's get information. Pray about it, but don't stop there. Go talk to someone. Go talk to a pastor. Go talk to an area where you think God may be calling you and do it. That's your first step. And I would say, you know, definitely continue to pray, but act um, you know, if you can give, give financially. I know 100% the three of us who are missionaries, we could not be where we are today without the support financially from this church. Pray. We always need prayer. Oftentimes we feel isolated where we are. So please, I need prayer warriors on my side. And I know I have many in this congregation. And I challenge you to pray, to give, and to serve. You know, starting here in this church, we learned last week of the incredible ministries here inside the church, outside the church walls. But go ask for information. Go talk to someone. Find an accountability saying, let's choose to serve in a different way this month. If there's a person who's been in your mind that you should call and talk to, do that. If you say you're going to pray for someone, be intentional and do it right there. Don't just wait and say, oh, I'll pray for you tonight. Be like, hey, do you have five minutes? Call them up. Sit down with them and pray. You'll be amazed in the way that God is going to use you and bless that person. That's really good. Thank you, Bethany, very much. And we need to be praying for her, and we're going to pray for her right now uh, as God continues to use her. But, you know, God is calling all of us to something. And are you being obedient to it? Is it an intent that you have? I'm going to do this thing. God's been telling me to do this thing. Do it. Do it. Take that ridiculous step of faith and watch God work because he does. Well, Bethany, can we pray for you? So, Father, we thank you and we love you and we praise you for Bethany. And we pray now, Lord, as we um, continue here that you will uh, continue to speak to our hearts. Thank you for her testimony. Thank you for the way that you've grown her up, trusting and relying on you, Lord. And we pray, God, that we would be people of action just like Bethany. And may we have learned something from this moment. So we think of all of our missionaries that we have all over the place, Lord, that you would bless each of them uniquely. Uh, But we thank you for Bethany and for her faithful heart to you uh, and nothing else. So we love you, God, and we thank you. All of God's people said, amen. Well, let's give Bethany a a round of applause here. And again, I want to reiterate those words. Where your passion and your abilities lie, God wants to use you. And so, you know, I want you to go out. I want you to do that intent. I want you to ask God to speak to your heart and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to be about? You know, as we come to a time where we're going to close here, uh, and as the band comes, I, uh, 
I told Kathy when we were talking about this that I, I, I think I want my word to really be purpose. In fact, I want to go a step further. I'm going to hyphenate it. I'm, I'm one of the guys who always hyphenates words. And so uh, mine says on purpose. But what was really interesting when this first printed, when we first had this done, and many of you know my testimony and my story, that, that my prayer is that God every day you will remind me that I'm on purpose for a purpose. But when mine first printed, do you know what it said? It said no purpose. And when they brought this to me, they told me that, and they said, would you like us to just destroy this other one? And I said, no, I don't. And here's why. Because the world is going to try to tell me something different all the time. And when you commit to serving the Lord, whether international, whether locally, whatever it may be, the world is going to try to tell you that you are something that you are not. The world tries to tell me on a daily, minute-by-minute basis that I have no purpose. But God's telling me a different story. God's reminding me that I'm on purpose. Each of you is called into ministry. Each of you is called to be a missionary. I leave you with these words from the book of Luke. Again, the Bible preaches and these words of Christ, I pray that they will plant themselves in your heart. Jesus said this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field and go. Pray for our missionaries. Give to our missionaries. Ask God to reveal whether you're one of our missionaries. Because at the end of the day, you are all missionaries of Christ Church. What is God calling you to? Don't simply deceive yourself and listen to what we're talking about this morning. But as Jesus said it best, go and do it. Father, we love you. We praise you that in order to get to the ends of the earth, the disciples had to walk through Jerusalem. They had to walk through Judea. They had to walk through Samaria. And then they got to the ends of the earth. Lord, being called into your service is not necessarily a just snap of the finger and we're Mother Teresa. But God, you are walking each of us in a very unique path. And some of us, we're in a path of healing. Some of us are in a path of education. Some of us are in a path of fundraising. Some of us are in a path of clarification. And whatever our path is, God, remind us daily that you have a purpose for us, that we are your missionaries. And for the sake of the gospel, send us, Lord. We thank you for this morning and all of God's people said, amen.